This is a podcast that covers leadership, relevant hot topics, encouragement, stories, and the future of the church. We're real, raw, relevant, and have a ridiculous amount of fun. Now let's get into today's episode of Unscripted with IMF. All right, it is good to be back here at IMF. We are in the unscripted studio. We are live right now with Pastor Anna. And before we have a conversation with her, just so you know, I'm sitting right next to my coworker, Heather. Hi, guys. So happy to be here with you this morning. And so today, uh, I want to introduce our IMF family and friends to someone who I have known since 2005. Yes, it's a long time. I have gray hair now. Back in 2005, I had brown hair. Uh, and, and this Pastor Anna, actually, she goes to Freshwater Church, uh, the church that I pastor here in Minnesota, Waconia, Minnesota. And uh, she started coming in 2005, and she reminded me of that here today. Uh, and I remember when, when she came, and Anna is not like this outgoing person up front. She's not like, hey, everyone, it's me, Anna, you know, and she was quiet and she got involved and led women's ministry and was involved, I think, in kids and greeting. And she did basically everything in the church. And she continued to grow and develop as, as a leader. And she was always a quiet leader. And she's sitting here right in front of me, so I'm talking right to her. <laughs> Just this quiet leader who continued to grow and grow and grow. She went through our Pastoral Leadership Institute, uh, felt a call to full-time ministry, and uh, now serves on staff, and she's licensed with IMF as a pastor. She serves as our pastor uh, of adult ministries at Freshwater. And I'm telling you, out of all the leaders I work with, Pastor Anna does a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. She is truly a gifted leader and cares about people, and not just in our church, but she actually ministers on a bigger scale to others, and she mentors other leaders as well. Uh, especially female leaders who are up and coming, and it's an honor to work with her. So, uh, hi, hi, Pastor Anna. Well, thank you, John. So. I have to echo everything John just said because it's so true. You've touched me and my leadership ability in so many different ways, Anna. So it's an honor to have you on our podcast. Yes, well, it's it fun is. to be with you guys. You're longtime cool. friends. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. So it is kind of cool that when you you have to, an opportunity to interview someone who you've known for a long time, mm-hmm. which is. Which is absolutely awesome. So I'm, I just want to ask you, Anna, tell me first and foremost, what was your call to ministry? Like, when did you know like you were called to pastor and shepherd other people? I think it came slowly. And the, the first time I noticed it was when I was in the Pastoral Leadership Institute. And you had mentioned to me, even before I did that, it was like, why aren't you doing this, Anna? You're already leading. You're already doing this stuff. Why aren't you taking this, this course and, and furthering your education in this? And I was like, okay, I took it as a challenge and I did it. And we were talking about IMF and being licensed at that point in even our first class. And when we would finish our cohort, like I was like, oh, I'll definitely go on and do that. But I didn't really follow through with that as we went through. I was like, I got involved in, in leading more and I got on staff and some things changed. But in the middle of that, when I was asked to be on staff very part-time, Um, I felt like it was a defining moment for me and saying, this is where God's taking me. Mm -hmm. And either I have to step into it or I'm going to really just be disobedient. And I remember having a conversation with my husband and saying, 
I think I'm called to be a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like this awkward, like, um, it kind of, kind of felt like it almost came out of nowhere, but it really didn't because he had watched it. Right. He had affirmed it and he was like, yes, um, then, then walk into this job and, mm-hmm. and do this. I said, I don't know where this is going right. and, and what God's going to do. But, but, you know, it's like we've been years later now and I would have never guessed that I'd be where I am right now. <laughs> yeah, and you started as, you just came on part-time mm-hmm. as a volunteer, oh, uh, as, a, as a leader. And mm-hmm. back then we didn't have our categories really defined. But he came on as a director or a coordinator or something on a part-time basis, and you continued to develop as a leader. And you know you're a leader when people follow. Otherwise, you're, uh, you can call yourself a leader, but if no one's following, you're basically like the Chinese proverb says, you're just going out for a walk. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you're... You're a leader is people, um, they they enjoy being around you, and you build people up. I've never met someone who has such an investment in people and builds leaders. And you believe in people and see potential that they can't even see in themselves. And that's one of the things that's magnetic about you and, and that you want to see the best in people and you want to see what God can do in their life, and you encourage them to step into that. So one of the things that that you're very good at, and we're going to talk about this today, is what is called, or we're calling anyway, soul care. And I know soul care is a hot topic, and people talk about it all the time, and blah, 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 blah. Everyone thinks they're an expert on it. But really, the one the one command that I would say most people in ministry break, you know what that is? No, what is that? Thank you, Heather, for that, <laughs> that, that question. It's uh, keep the Sabbath day holy. And... You know, when we're in ministry, we're working on Sundays, you know, and so would that be Saturday? I, I think it's the whole principle of taking a day of rest, and not just a day of rest, but kind of a, to extrapolate that, it's caring for yourself. And God gave us that day, and he says, he made it a commandment, like like this, you need to take time for you. And not just for you, but you need to take time, obviously, to focus on God uh, and to care uh, to be in God's presence. And, you know, we kind of wrap that all up in the, in the whole concept of the soul care thing, but really it comes out of that commandment to rest and to take time to reconnect with God, to connect with yourself. And I've seen a lot of people, a lot, you know, I've been in pastoral ministry now for close to 30 years, 20-some years, and I've seen more pastors who burn out because the church truly becomes uh, an idol to them. Like they, they, they think, oh, the church, it's all the church. They'll forsake their family in the name of the church. Uh, and the church, you know, I'll, sometimes we say the church becomes the mistress. Mm-hmm. Uh, for male pastors, it becomes the mistress. And uh, you end up feeding the machine all the time and caring for the mistress. And you can lose your kids. You can lose your spouse. Um, pastors, a lot of them anyways, hit burnout. I know I did in early days of ministry. For probably actually a decade, I was pretty terrible at taking care of my own soul, and and I burned out. So this is why this mm-hmm. uh, clearly I didn't burn out and quit. I burned out and got help um, and readjusted my schedule. And even though now I have more responsibilities than I've ever had, I actually don't work as much as I did ten years ago. Uh, you know, or I remember when our church was seventy five people. I thought I could not do anymore. I was so busy. Uh, you know, and, and you just have to change how you do, how you do business. But, um, so Anna, um, tell us a little bit about why, um, well, let me just first ask this. How would you define soul care? 
Well, I think like I, I think it's interesting because I think of soul food, you know, mm-hmm. like you think of soul care and I'm like, like, what's the thing? Soul food is what came to my mind when I think of soul care. And it's because it's like that layers of, of flavor and it's like it's that the roots of the ethnicity of that. And there's um, it's a comfort. It's all this. It's all the stuff. And when we talk about our soul, we're talking about the layers of our thoughts and our feelings and our roots of where we come from and all of those things wrapped into one. Um, as well as our dreams and our desires and all those things. And, and so caring for that, being able to care for our emotions and our thoughts and all of those things rolled into one is a complicated thing. It's not just a simple thing all the time. Mm-hmm. So. so, so, so soul care, uh, you're defining it like soul food. Mm-hmm. And, and why is it, I guess, why does it matter to you so much? It matters because it's, you know, the hardest thing about ministry is the people, right? The relationships. The hardest right. thing about life is right. the people that we're around. And unless we are able to manage ourselves, we can't have good relationships mm-hmm. with other people. Mm-hmm. It's True. just impossible. True. Is yeah. we end up hurting people more, we end up with broken relationships, and we move from one thing to another. And and honestly, within the church, the reason I think is a really important thing is we like to pretend that everything's okay. Like a pastor who comes in and just tries to handle all of it Mm -hmm. and think that they can, they can push through it and they can do it and they can pull themselves up by their bootstraps and handle it all. And people come into church and think, I can't tell my pastor anything that's going on in my life because I have to clean up and look good and pretend like everything's fine in my family until everything is falling apart. And then people don't know how to support them. Mm -hmm. Do you think social media plays into this thought that we have to have the perfect family and the perfect ministry and a huge church and a major audience. Do you think do you think social ministry plays into this? Like is it part of the reason why we don't take care of ourselves? I think it does. You know, like we talk a lot about the influence on like seeing people's perfect lives and all of those things mm-hmm. a lot. But what we don't talk about is the disconnect mm-hmm. between the people now. So like if I text somebody, that's a relationship now. It's like kids find their relationships through Snapchat now. Mm -hmm. And so it's not really a relationship. It's really like a text that I send or a picture that I send. I mean, Snapchat to me was like, wow, all you do is send a picture of your foot or half Mm -hmm. your face. Like you're not even, you're not having a relationship with those people. They're not your friends. Right. They don't, they're not there for through thick and thin. They're just like kind of passerbys, Mm -hmm. you know, and we don't have the relationships that we used to have. So I think it affects on us and how we relate to each other and what support we do have. Mm-hmm. It's, it is fascinating on how, uh, yeah, I think people can look at social media and not take care of themselves because they always think that they're underperforming. And nowadays we equate busyness with worth. Mm-hmm. If I'm busy, I have worth. If I'm not busy, I don't have worth, mm-hmm. which is a horrible, horrible equation that people apply to their life. And uh, as ministry leaders, we need to be well aware uh, of how we're doing. And, you know, I've read all kinds of books uh, on on soul care, like uh, Wayne Cordero wrote a book called Running on Empty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have all these books on my shelf because <laughs> there was a point when I was I was out of gas and I looked over and I'm like, man, the last six books I bought all deal with <laughs> With you know, slowing down and taking it easy, and like, oh, I think I'm, I think I've reached. You're trying the to edge. tell yourself something, <laughs> right? Right, yeah, definitely. So, Heather or Anna, have you ever burned out? Like, felt like you reached your threshold in ministry? Yeah, I would say 
I mean, I've gone through different areas of ministry myself. Um, yes, Heather's been in lots of roles and positions. <laughs> I've worked with John for a long time, yes. too, besides at IMF. Mm. And I would say um, one of my biggest times was um, towards the end of being the children's ministry director. That was um, a season of a really large burnout for me. So right. um, I actually did have to take a step out of ministry for a while um, to get myself back into ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kids' ministry is tough. I mean, it rolls over. At least 30% of the leaders every year roll mm-hmm. off because their kids age out. Yep. And I think a lot of it, too, is, you know, you're constantly looking for volunteers. And if you don't have volunteers, then you're in it. And you're, I mean, like we I, we all have older kids these days. or. The three of us in this room have older kids, but when our kids were younger, they're busy. And when you're responsible for a lot of busy kids, and then you have to go home to your own busy kids, it's... Right. So how old is your youngest child? So our listeners will know, Heather. My youngest is seven, and my oldest is 16. So they're not... You don't have older kids. You have (laughs) seven-year-olds. But my oldest is 16. Um, But yes, I suppose. But I feel like once you hit that seven-year-old age, they're more self-sufficient. So yes, I still have little kids. He still is in a kid's ministry age, but he's my youngest out of four. Right. (laughs) Right. Yes. Definitely. How about you, Anna? How old are my kids? No. no. (laughs) You can share how old your kids are, too. But have you ever reached the point where you were either at burnout or close to burnout? And how does that affect why you care so much about soul care? Um, I think in ministry, yes, I've reached burnout. I I reached burnout with you at church, not with you personally. (laughs) (laughs) I've reached burnout with (laughs) it. But I reached burnout when I was in women's ministry. And it was interpersonal stuff that was going on. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think that's the the thing that gets really hard is like we – we like to look at something else or somebody else or a situation and blame that situation for our burnout when it really is my own stuff that I need to deal with mm-hmm. and learning. And I, I remember sitting um, at Freshwater during that time and praying that I wanted to leave. And God was like, no, you need to stay here. And I was like, I don't want to stay here. And I would, I would just come and I would cry. Mm-hmm. And I, it was a whole year before I did any ministry. And But during that time, God convicted me of things in my own life. He taught me things. He changed some things, some rhythms in my life as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like when you reach that place of burnout, like you're saying, you read the books, you figure out the stuff. It's like if you're not willing to be taught and learn some of that stuff, you are just going to burn out. Mm-hmm. You're just going to lose it. Yeah, I remember the first time I burned out. It was probably 2003. I've had three distinct times in my, in my career. I'll just talk about the one because this is about you, not about me today. Um. But it was, I think it was 2003, our church had reached a huge number. We were like 100, maybe 110, I don't know, somewhere there. We weren't huge yet, or maybe it was 150, whatever. But uh, I led a mission ship to the Czech Republic, and then I told one of the parents, the daughter came on it, she wanted to go see a school in England. Uh, she ended up going there for a semester, but I said, I'll, I'll, I'll take you to England as kind of the back end of this mission ship. So I got our whole, and a bunch of people on our team, actually all of them wanted to go to England to see it for two days. So we went to England from Czech Republic and uh, we were preparing to come back. And I remember sitting on a hill uh, and we were out, it was kind of out in the country, but the, the house was right on the edge of a hill. I went across the road, sat in the grass and looked at this beautiful scenery and I broke down. I wrote a list of 33 things I had to do when I got back and I lost it. Like I, mm-hmm. I said, this is unsustainable. And, uh, I had a, it was a true come to Jesus moment when I was, I was wrecked. 
and it was good. And I, I mean, that took me a while to recover from that. And I said, I have to do things differently. And uh, since then, our church grew a, a lot. But uh, but if I wouldn't have made that decision, I wouldn't be here today because it just I couldn't stand. I have another friend who's in ministry, and he goes, "Man, I love pastoring. I just don't like people." <laughs> I think my my turning point was when I started to say, and you guys have both heard me say this, is that when I when I when other people's crisis is not my emergency, mm-hmm. I'm like your crisis yeah. is not my emergency. That's something I've. I mean, that is one of the things you've taught me, and I have to remind myself often because you do like how do I fix it? But right. sometimes you don't need to fix it right away. Right. Yeah. Their crisis is not my emergency, and that's. About 99% of the time, that's true. Mm-hmm. 1%, I mean, it truly is a life or death mm-hmm. situation, um, and, and you have to jump in. But a lot of it, people just make it your issue, mm-hmm. and it's not your issue. Like, yeah. look, this is your crisis. It's not my emergency. So um, so what would be a first step that you would recommend for someone who's trying to, like they realize they're kind of either burning out or they're leading on empty or uh, whatever term you want to use, what would be a first step that someone could take if they're like, look, I need to take care of me? Yeah, I think the first thing that I would say is you need to make sure your prayer life is good. Hmm. It's like cultivating a good prayer life. Because, I, you know, the scripture that talks about us, um, if anybody lacks for wisdom, they should ask God, he'll give it to them generously. Right. I, I quote that constantly because if we are asking God for wisdom throughout our day, he's going to give it to us. The Holy Spirit will counsel us no matter what crazy thing we're in or no matter where our mind is at the time or what we're struggling with. He will give us wisdom. He promises it. Mm-hmm. And so I think if we invite God to be a part of each part of our day, I read that, that book, um, The Practice of the Presence of God, many, yeah. many years ago, yes. little tiny book, Yeah, completely changed how I prayed because it it made me realize how God is part of all the mundane little things that we don't think he's a part of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and made me really aware. And it's like, and I think if we walk around with the awareness that God is right there with us all the time as we're doing things we're actually leaning on him way more. And it's not about like going into a closet and praying for hours, but it's actually about doing what we're doing and asking God to give us wisdom as we do it. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's probably the the first thing that I would say you need to do. Um, and then the other thing is you need to cultivate relationships. That's another thing that I would say. You know, it's mm-hmm. like when you're in a, you need to cultivate relationships to keep you accountable all the time. But I have people who understand ministry really well and will caution me before I get to a place where I'm ready to, to burn out. And they'll say, hey, whoa, 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 what's your schedule been like? What's this been like? Mm-hmm. This was a really hard time. You know, there's been this many people who have, you know, relapsed or you've had deaths and you've had your funeral or whatever has been going on. They know those things are going on in my life mm-hmm. and they know what it takes uh-huh. to do that. And so they can help me to have a little bit of a red flag or a yellow flag from them to say, hey, take care of yourself a little bit. So And kind of hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I remember I had uh, Leith Anderson, uh, pastor at Wooddale mm-hmm. Church and leader of the NAE for, for years. Um, he mentored me for a decade, just a just an incredibly gifted leader. And uh, one time we went out, uh, Kathy and I and Charlene and Leith went out for dinner and and uh, I was I was I was like had I asked about, like, I was having a problem with my schedule. And I, I, and I started to kind of complain to Leith. And Leith is. I mean, he leads stuff, writes papers, books. Like, he's doing all kinds of stuff. And after I kind of whined a little bit to him, he goes, well, who who does your schedule? 
I said, I do. He goes, well, then fix it. <laughs> I was like, oh, profound. Oh. Light bulb moment. Like, Hello. <laughs> Who does your schedule? Me. Fix it. Oh, well, duh. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I, I lost control of my schedule, and it was my own fault. So most leaders, I think, are the worst violators of their own schedule. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, we uh, we coach other people on how to live a good life, and then we just let our schedule run out of control, mm-hmm. and and we get fried. So how do you personally handle um, the emotional toll in ministry that you have? So how do you personally deal with, you know, all these people have all these emergencies and and and, and need you, need you for this. How do you handle that? Um, there's lots of ways to handle it. One is boundaries. Like you're saying, it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, I have learned that from you. It's like somebody else's crisis is not my emergency. Mm -hmm. And me taking care of somebody's crisis doesn't help them in the future. Right. Mm -hmm. Like they, if they take responsibility for it and I can coach them through something, Mm -hmm. then I can help them. But if I can't do that, then I need to know my boundaries. So when you say boundaries, that's a Mm -hmm. term that's used all of the time. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to have boundaries in your life? It is me making rules about what I allow and what I don't. Okay. And saying, you know, if somebody comes to me and they're not taking responsibility for the life for me not to invest more into them than they're willing to invest in themselves. Okay. Mm-hmm. And having that kind of be my guide. And, right. you know, the scripture talks about us guarding our hearts and some of the boundaries are what I allow people to say um, what I allow to really seep in of what people say. I mean, you get criticized, you you know, as in ministry, you get criticized for everything. You, mm-hmm. you know, it seems like everything you do, sometimes somebody's not happy with it. Um, and not taking all those things to heart mm-hmm. um, and remembering what God says about some of the stuff so that when you do face criticism or things like that, that, that you're speaking truth and not allowing um, discouraging words to just keep playing mm-hmm. over and over in your head. Mm-hmm. So what if you get a text that, 11 at night and it's not really a emergency but someone's like hey i really need you to get me this person's number which happens all the time and i hate that <laughs> but uh the text do you feel obligated to immediately respond to their text or do you wait i mean this is this would be a boundary issue yeah i i am i'm actually hard and fast about a lot of that stuff unless it's an absolute emergency and so we, you know, we work with a recovery home at Freshwater. I, I, I'm the pastor for that house. And um, those ladies, you know, they're not used to boundaries. Like that happens all the time. They'll text me late at night. I just don't, if it's after office hours, I don't answer my phone for them. I don't, I'll, I'll respond to it the next day because it's not an emergency usually. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like you have to set those boundaries with them? Or is it something that you can just do and address it if you need to, but not all the time? I think the boundaries are really about what I allow and not giving other people rules about what they're supposed to do with mm-hmm. me all the time. Yeah. You know, it's like if they ask, I'll be like, well, I, you know, I don't answer my phone after nine o'clock because mm-hmm. I'm with my family or mm-hmm. I was at a, a volleyball tournament with my daughter. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't able to get back to you. But, you know, now I am trying yep. to be careful about my days off and not doing mm-hmm. too mm-hmm. much of that responding on my days off either. Mm-hmm. But there are true emergencies that happen. You know, where you get up in the middle of the night because somebody's dying, mm-hmm. you know, and you, would, you know, so it, do I look at it? Yes. Do I feel obligated to answer it? It really depends on what it is. Mm-hmm. Right. So you set your own personal boundaries. Mm-hmm. What else? Um, what else do you do to handle that emotional tool? Toll? Um, so I, you know, when I started going into ministry, it was, it's interesting to watch how, like I said, when you ask God for wisdom, he does give it to you. And it's like, so before I, um, 
became a pastor because I was leading and doing all these things, God was like, if you're going to be a good leader, you need to take care of yourself. And it was just such a, a, it was a real defining moment for me. And he was like, you need to go find a good therapist. And I was like, I'm not really having a really hard time right now or anything. But I know that if I don't take care of myself, that also bleeds over in how I take care of other people. Mm -hmm. And if I don't have a place to sound off when things are happening and and see, am I coming it from a healthy standpoint, you know, all of those things, um, that it can be negatively affecting ministry. Right. And so I was like, I, I want to do a good job at what God has called you to do. So I'm like, okay, I went and got a minister, I went and got a, a therapist. And interestingly enough, God put me together with a therapist who is a seminary graduate, understands women in ministry. Um, just a, she's an amazing person and, and um, is a, an excellent therapist. And so I meet with her twice a month hmm. and I just check in with her. Um, we talk about the stuff that goes on in my life um, and, and I grow and I hmm. learn. And so when I grow and I learn and I heal and God does stuff in my life, then hmm. in turn, I can take people there because mm -hmm. you've been there. It's just like right. your faith. You can't take somebody right. where you haven't been before. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with soul care. I can't take somebody where I haven't been before. Well, that's a big deal to say that you, as a pastor and a leader in ministry, see a therapist. I know that many of our <laughs> pastors would say, I am the therapist. And uh, I think that good therapists need therapists. A hundred percent. It's funny because when I meet with my therapist, she was going to be a pastor. And I said, well, if I wasn't a pastor, I'd probably be a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, there's a lot of crossover. Yes. And she does, you know, I sometimes I spend half my time asking her, how do I deal with some situations? Yeah. And how mm -hmm. do I keep good boundaries for myself? And what should I expect from somebody else? And so I, I learn stuff just to do my job better right. when I go there. I picture when you were talking about you needing your therapy, it's like being on an airplane. Like you always hear that, mm -hmm. you know cliche thing like you can't help someone you know but it's true like you can't well, put, honestly so you're referring to put your own mask on yes first, but yes, yes. Else. all right you yes. spider web there for a second. sorry yes you can't put your own you have to put your own mask on first before you put someone else's mask on um and i know we've all heard that but it is so true international ministerial fellowship is a non-denominational organization of nearly 1500 members we license, credential, and ordain pastors, parachurch workers, and evangelists. We endorse military and civilian chaplains. We are also a sending agency for missionaries, providing many services including donor communications, accounting, and much, much more. We serve those who serve others in frontline Christian ministries. So for more information, visit our website at imfserves.org. How does doing your own soul care help you in ministry? I think it's just that you can't take somebody where you haven't been. Mm -hmm. And it gives you a different perspective because um, the one thing I learned, because when, um, when I went through really difficult times for myself, like I had debilitating depression when I was younger and I was in church and you felt like you had to have it all together. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we look at people um, in ministry and you're like, if they're going through struggles, at least that's how I was looked at. Um, or I felt like that that was the case um, that you weren't really having a relationship with God. Like if you had better faith, you wouldn't be depressed. Mm -hmm. If you had better faith, this wouldn't be happening. All of those kind of things. And so for me to know how God spoke to me during that time mm -hmm. and taking care of myself and learning how he heals me, 
that I can have that faith for somebody else and know that I can look at them and say, what is God telling you about that? Mm-hmm. And know that God's speaking to them and I don't have to be God. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I let God be God and I bring them to Jesus and say, let God heal you from some of these things. And what is God saying about the situation that you're in? Because there's tough situations happening that there aren't real good answers to sometimes. They come through the door all the time. And you have colleagues that are going through things, and there's not easy answers to some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And honestly, there's not even really good help for you to find somebody, a therapist, if they need it right now is very hard. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think for me, to learn as much as I can and to be taking care of myself well helps me to lead other people in that direction, too. Mm -hmm. And I think it helps them to know that I do see a therapist. Right. Because then they're like, oh. Oh, it kind of normalizes it, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. No, I, I would agree. I think that, you know, as as ministry leaders, we should never, ever, ever be ashamed of seeking help ourselves. Mm-hmm. No. And most of the time, it's the sin of pride that keeps us from getting help, that keeps us admitting we're running on empty, that keeps us from admitting we're burned out. Uh, and you know, we just we think, oh no, I got to put on the look and the show, and that's that's when I'm more scared for people who say nothing's wrong, everything's great, mm-hmm. and work all the time because they just quit mm-hmm. and they walk away. I, I in, I've been around again a while, and I've seen a number of people who just up and said, I'm done. Yeah. And uh, one pastor said, I'd rather be a greeter at Walmart than do this anymore. Totally burned out. And it's super sad. I think it's, I mean, you talk about pride and I think having a busy schedule, having all these people come to you for answers. I mean, Moses dealt with this, right? <laughs> and it's like, it's just not new. It's like, it's something that we deal with all the time as leaders. And and if somebody comes to you, it does feel sometimes really good to have an answer for somebody. And it's mm-hmm. like, if you're the person that comes to your answer, some, at some point you start to play God with that mm-hmm. and you get very prideful. It's like, I got this, I got this, I got this. I'm busy, 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 busy. Mm-hmm. And then people are even afraid to come to you. So I started when people are like, I'm afraid to come to you because you're so busy. I'm like, no, I've got time for you. I'm mm-hmm. not too busy because I liked to say I was too busy all the time because mm-hmm. it's, it's really, you know, like you're saying, it's a, it's a common thing. It's a, mm-hmm. a virtuous thing almost. And right. so I've busy stopped and value. try to stop saying that and be like, no, I have time for that because I do control my own schedule, like you're saying. And mm-hmm. if I'm ha- too busy, that is my fault. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah, it's yeah, you do. You control your own schedule and there's a lot of things that we put on ourselves that it's self-imposed. Absolutely. And uh and we become, you know, um like uh I have to pray every day for half an hour. I have to read my Bible for half an hour. And once we start getting that's legalism too. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's okay to just listen to the Bible on tape or not tape. That joins me. MP3. <laughs> Showing your age. I have it on tape. Yeah. <laughs> on version or something else. Uh, and just, so what is it? I'm curious, Anna, what does a day off for you look like? <laughs> it's funny because when you were, when uh, is, when we're talking about this, there's some things that I'm very bad at. And um, I just took some time off last week because I was like, I have not had enough time off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I need to just relax. I, mm-hmm. I actually like to spend time um, with my family at our camper in the summer. Mm -hmm. So in the summertime, my days off look like that. Um, Most of the time, the days off look like taking care of your house and your family and things like that. So it's Mm -hmm. it it does get to the point where you're like feeling like I get behind the eight ball a little bit. Mm -hmm. But ideally, my favorite place to be (laughs) 
is on the beach. <laughs> right. So if I'm going to completely disconnect it, if I get really tired or burned out and um, I'll, I'll be planning a trip. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, the just, beaches of Minnesota yep, are not like not, the beaches of Florida. <laughs> or, so no, did you do that last week? I did not do oh. that last week. I really wanted to, but we're in the middle of a kitchen remodel. Oh. <laughs> That's not happening right <laughs> now. Kind of end of that. Well, so, at least it's good to know that you're taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so you, you take the day out. I like to tinker. So for me, mm-hmm. relaxing is going in my garage and just tinkering and reorganizing and if you look at my garage, you would like reorganize what? It's a mess. I'm like, yeah, but it's my mess mm-hmm. and I control it. And I like tinkering, like just and I mean I'm I'm always rebuilding about ten things at once. But for me, that's relaxing to just go mm-hmm. in the garage mm-hmm. and fix some broken stuff or work on a project of some sort mm-hmm. and just to just to be present with myself mm-hmm. uh, and not, you know, not have the burdens of People calling and texting mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I and if I don't so like I just got back from a mission trip. We were over in Kenya, Africa, and leading a team of fifteen other people, and that was exhausting. And I got home late Sunday or Monday night, and so I went into work yesterday. Uh, that would be a Tuesday uh, our time, depending on when you listen to this. But I, it was a Tuesday, and the only thing that I did productive yesterday was order myself a set of headphones. <laughs> <laughs> so did you just sit around at work? Or? I did. I said I, I got to work. I said hi to everybody. I went in my office and I have I mean I have literally a hundred emails that I have to deal with, actually more than a hundred, but and uh, I just I realized I should have taken the whole day off. Like mm-hmm. I was gassed. And uh, I was gonna come home early. I got home at five fifteen. So um, that would have been a soul care day you needed it, to do. It, I should have, <laughs> but I had uh on the after twenty hours of flying, I had worked myself into a frenzy of all that I needed to do, mm-hmm. and I would have been more productive if I'd have just sat at home and just done nothing yesterday, and then came into work, which is today. Um, I'd have been fully ready to rock and roll because mm-hmm. the time changed. But so I'm just saying. I mean, even me, that's, and you know, mm-hmm. here's why. Here's why I I didn't didn't take yesterday off. It's because. I thought I needed to be present again. And and the truth is that you, Pastor Zach, uh, Pastor Troy, none of our rest of our staff would have cared if I had taken the whole day off. You guys wouldn't have said anything. But I imposed that on myself, mm-hmm. which is which is wrong. Like and I, I was completely unproductive. I handed in my receipts to, get, <laughs> to our bookkeeper and I did a few other but like in terms of Moving the needle, I didn't move the needle at all. But sometimes that's about relationship too. Like you're a relational person. Mm -hmm. I know that about you. Mm -hmm. And so you coming in and sharing your stories about Africa, you shared a lot of the miracles that happened. Mm -hmm. And that is life-giving to you as well. Right. As well as the people Mm -hmm. who heard it. It's like it's life-giving to us. You know, so so you may not have answered any emails. And you may have had an expectation that you were going to do all that stuff and put that on yourself. But what you did was really share about your trip. I did. And be able to share mm-hmm. some of those things. So it's, you know, like there's because I'm a I'm a process, I verbally process with people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like when I'm downloading stuff and when I'm trying to figure stuff out, I have to do some of that right. stuff mm-hmm. to kind of move forward to the next thing. Like mm-hmm. you you have to re-engage, like when I've been gone, I have to re-engage mm-hmm. a little bit before I can actually be productive. 
Right. True. Because I have to re-engage with those relationships True. first. So, so it kind of goes back to the expect you set your mm-hmm. own expectations, you right. set your own calendar and give yourself grace. Mm-hmm. Like right. that's okay to yeah. to do that. I did and you know, um so this is kind of funny. It's it's on the same vein of, you know, self imposed things. And so I've I've always said like I work and I you know, I work hard and this is years ago. This is this is back in ninety seven. So a long time ago. I had uh, I had done this huge Fourth of July event. Had hundreds and hundreds of people came out for it. And on Monday, because I worked Monday through Friday back then, well, just like I do now, but back then, and I was so tired from Sunday because I worked so hard and put on all the stuff. I laid on my couch. Uh, there was a couch that was in my office at the time, and I laid down. And less than about five minutes later, our district superintendent walked in. <laughs> He'd never been there ever in my life. And all I could feel was this overwhelming sense of guilt that I was laying down, mm-hmm. even though he didn't care, you know. Yeah. But I had imposed it on myself and I yep. kept that for years. And now, I mean, I'm I'm more than happy to go. I'm gonna lay on I'm gonna sit in a chair and just I mean, close my still, eyes for a second. You still have a couch in your office. But have you seen my couch? My couch is so small. <laughs> If you were four foot two, you would fit great on it. I think. I think my team. I have a funny nap story too. Just because. But I think I've seen you sleeping on it. Yeah, (laughs) I've laid on it. Yeah, and I have taken a couple. It's awkward. (laughs) Your legs uh, have to hang over the side. I I will fit. And nowadays, I'm like, you know, I'm tired. I've worked. I did a chaplain call last night. I'm gonna lay down. Yep. And I'm okay. And now I now I tell people I'm gonna lay down. Like I don't care what you think of me because. Well, I mean, and that's you know that's your own self care. Like I feel like every or soul care. Everybody has to kind of come up with their own. They do soul care, and I know that I model it to the rest of the team. You do. So and if I can, if I can't go, I'm gonna go lay down in my office for a minute and say that without guilt, uh, self imposed guilt. I mean, you guys might be like, gonna go nap, <laughs> but uh, but really, you, you don't say that. And even if you did, I don't care. I'm the boss, so I can, I can lay down. <laughs> but <laughs> but. Uh, if, if you need rest, people need to take it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that, that causes problems when we keep pushing through and pushing through and pushing through. Eventually, you have no gas in your tank to push through mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah, and I think that we we give the message that you're supposed to take care of yourself, but we don't model it all the time. Yeah, right. And so because if we don't model it well, then nobody's going to listen to our words. It's like the, mm-hmm. it's emptiness then. It's like you're not going to listen to that. Um, I had to laugh because your nap story makes me makes me laugh because I we had a we just went to having that evening service oh, recently yeah. Yeah. and I was had, had a really busy week and I took a nap on the couch between <laughs> services in the afternoon <laughs> for like twenty minutes and uh, one of the staff came in and they they were. They kind of turned on the lights and didn't realize I was in the room, and I was, and we kind of laughed about it. And then, like two months later, he was like, "Yeah, I'm pulling an Anna," and I was like, "What? Like one time? I was on a couch sleeping. No, that's what it's called." Yeah, well, you know, as long as you feel comfortable in doing that, mm-hmm. and sometimes you do. Yeah, and now having four services, it's exhausting, you know. And uh, yeah, it's just it's a grind. But uh, that's why it's even more important to take care of yourself when you're not engaged. So do you think introverts and extroverts recharge differently? Absolutely. Because that's where they get their energy. Mm -hmm. It's like an introvert needs to be by themselves more. An extrovert needs to be with people. And I'm kind of a cross Mm -hmm. between them. So, like, I do want my alone time. So if I don't have my alone time, sometimes I'll get really annoyed. But I really (laughs) don't need a lot of alone time. Right. 
Too much yeah. alone time isn't always a good thing. No, it's not. And coming from it, an introvert, though, I love. <laughs> that's why I feel. I mean, that's why I would fill myself up on a soul care day. But you yeah. two are extroverts. No, I, actually, I'm not. I'm more of an introvert. Really? Yeah. So I'm. I've learned to be an extrovert in public. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, I get like after talking all day, and mm-hmm. you feel like you have to have your game face on. If we can use that. Um, mm-hmm. Like I just want to go and tinker my garage yeah. by myself. I yeah. don't. I don't Especially when you people. you in your position, you have to be on. You know, yes. spe- Sundays especially, you have to be on all day long with a smile mm-hmm. on your face. And I get no. really annoyed when somebody else is home on the day that I take off to recharge. Mm-hmm. So there's there is like when you get to that point where you're like, you oh, you mean like one of your kids or your husband? Yeah, it's like somebody ends up sick. (laughs) My husband ends up off, and I'm like, I just wanted to like sleep late and (laughs) read a book and not have anybody Mm -hmm. here. Yeah, Um, yeah, and and it's not you know it's like and you feel really selfish, but you do need that time alone Mm -hmm. to to do that sometimes. And then other times it's like for me as an act, you know, crossing over into that extrovert a little bit, mm-hmm. I need time with people too. Mm-hmm. And so then I'll be like, Oh, I want my girlfriends to go out, find some friends yeah. and let's go out to dinner. Mm-hmm. Let's go do something. Cause right. I want time with them. Mm-hmm. Right. For those that, um, I, I learned a trick actually from my friend, Mike Soam. He said, have you ever paused before? And I'm like, mm-hmm. paused, like, is this like a game of freeze tag or red light, green light? <laughs> and, he said, no, pausing, it's practicing pausing. And pausing is when you intentionally sit in a chair um, and you might just stare out the window and you breathe, mm-hmm. just breathe deep and just sit still. And I tell you, the first time I did it, I mean, I sat there and I breathed and I sat still. And like after 35 seconds, I was ready to quit. <laughs> like, this is awful. And uh, now I can sit for five minutes in a chair and mm-hmm. just breathe and look out the window and think about God and and slow my mind down. And so I've gotten in the habit of pausing. Uh, and you can even do it in your car. Uh, you do it by shutting the radio off mm-hmm. and just driving and just focusing on the road. Uh, you know, we like to say, men, we go into our nothing box. But I think everyone can go into their nothing mm-hmm. box. But it takes time, like, to just not fret or think about the Mm -hmm. next mountain you have to climb or problem you have to solve, but to just pause and be present in the Mm -hmm. moment. And I think if we don't pause and we are not present and don't, you know, like we're not with all the distractions, we let all those go away. We don't really hear from God as well Mm -hmm. unless we take that time to do that. I was just thinking that same thing. Mm -hmm. Like that's something Mm -hmm. I've had to intentionally remind myself, like if I'm just talking to God and talking to God and running my list mm-hmm. and I don't take a second to just like clear my brain, I'm not mm-hmm. hearing from God. I'm only hearing from myself at that point, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that pausing is super important. Yeah. And then it turns into God bless my plans versus mm-hmm. God, what are your plans? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. That's a huge difference because bless this, bless this God. I'm doing this, bless it. Why don't we just listen for where God is leading and go yeah. there? Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. It's a better approach. So what is uh, one last thing that you would recommend to someone to learn about maybe getting help with soul care? Well, I I, I really think it goes back to the boundaries. You know, you have to you have to have good boundaries with all your, you know, your schedule, your mind, your thoughts, you know, 
there's the the scripture of taking every thought captive. And I remember somebody quoting that to me when I was like racing with thoughts all over the place. And I was like, I would have to shut my entire brain down because I don't even know how to take any of them captive. That would be brain jail. Um, But it's a practice like you you have to take baby steps towards some Mm -hmm. of that stuff. Um, so some of that is having boundaries in your thought life and what you're doing and what you're putting into your mind. And But it's having boundaries for yourself and when mm-hmm. you pick up your phone. And um, I remember early in ministry, one of my boundaries was I couldn't be out more than two nights a week because I had young children. And, right. you know, it's right. like, and it was important for my marriage that I wouldn't – and my husband didn't say this to me. God said it to me. It's like two nights a week is enough, no more than that. Mm-hmm. And I stuck to that for years and years and years and years and years that I didn't – that that was like, nope, no more than two nights. Nope, more, right. than, more than two nights. Yeah, I had to apologize to my my wife and all my kids because for years I was gone all the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, I had to apologize and say, I'm sorry, I was not there. Uh, and because the church had become the mistress for mm-hmm. me, if you will, when you plan a church, uh, it – you know, you think, oh, everything rises and falls on me. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, it rises and falls on, on what God wants. But, uh, but you do have to work. But still, I, I didn't have those boundaries. Okay. Not at all. So one of the things I'm excited about, Anna, is for you, is that you are offering a webinar on boundaries in ministry. Yes, I am. And uh, I think I think that's awesome because that is it has become your specialty. Mm-hmm. Just because you're good at it, you coach people in it, I see you living it out. So, so for people who want to sign up for this webinar, Boundaries and Ministries, can you tell us how to do that? Yes, you go to annabrandt.com. Annabrandt.com. That's no, annabrandt.com. You can yeah. follow the link yeah. that we will put uh, on along with this podcast, just annabrandt.com. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. And how long is that webinar going to be? That webinar is going to be an hour long. Okay, an hour long. Well, that's a great start, and hopefully you can give some recommendations resources to people for books too. and resources yep. and and definitely some insights. We want to encourage all of our listeners, if if this is something that you struggle with, if you've listened this long, actually, you know you're struggling <laughs> with it because you're still listening. Uh, but you can certainly sign up for that mm-hmm. and, uh, and check that out. But uh, that's awesome. Thanks, Heather, for being here today. Yes, thank you. That's and thank great. you, Pastor Anna, for being here today. Yeah, and Thanks for having know, me. It's, uh, it's a joy to work with you and to call you a friend and to mm-hmm. watch yeah. how you've grown a ministry and and how you lead others, and you truly do live this out. I know that because I see you working all the time. You know, like, wait a minute. No, I actually see you living it out, mm-hmm. and that's awesome. That's a wonderful thing, and I know it's going to bless all of our IMF family, and we are so glad that you listened to the podcast today. Soul care is an important thing. If you want more info, you can certainly go to annabrandt.com, and she will be more than happy to respond to those emails pertaining to it and give you some resources there as well. So that, bye for now. Thank you for listening today. If you found value in this episode, be sure to subscribe and share it with others. Don't miss the next one. We release new episodes every first and third Thursday of the month. We serve those who serve others in frontline Christian ministry. So for more information, visit us at imfserves.org.